We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Hola. <laughs> 2020. Episode 1, Season 3. Numero Uno. Uno. That's a good game. I like that game. Uno. Uno. I haven't played that in a long time. No. I'm going to uh, we'll play it with the kids. It's very simple. Yes. It can cause family strife when played with adults. Yes, it can. As <laughs> with many other games, actually. Monopoly. <laughs> Monopoly. Um, Monopoly. Mexican Train. Um, Monopoly might be... Nope, nope, never mind. How's it going, peoples? <laughs> Not even going to go down that road. It involves politics, and I'm out. Rodney goes, squirt. Nope, yeah, no squirrel. No, no squirrel. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, better leave that one alone. Although, I don't know, we keep saying we need to leave politics out of this, but at, at some point, we're probably going to have to have a political discussion so, on this podcast There's based on... The nature of political intrusion. We, and we do, we have talked, we have talked a little bit about little politics. Bit. Um, particularly, you know, we talk about, um, it's funny, so our last podcast was um, a kind of a season review of season two. And this one is a season Preview. Preview of season, season three, three, and we're about to start talking about what we did in season two. <laughs> and during but, that podcast, we talked a little bit about, oh, what's well, coming up. Yeah. 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 No, but we, we did. Squirrel. We have talked a little bit about, you know, politics, and particularly, you know, getting out and voting where it counts yeah, my, as pertains to hunting. Yeah, mainly when it, when it relates to our general topic of the podcast which is hunting new mexico correctly and that and that's Cor- correctly. correctly yeah correctly Rodney. I, I still can't talk today i know um that's that's about as deep as i wanted to get into politics on this podcast is how it pertains to um hunting hunting politics not yeah. not general politics i have been trying to get a politician on here um the podcast but as it pertains to hunting not but as politics. tends to happen with politicians they're slippery they're slippery <laughs> <laughs> and and this one is particularly busy and <coughs> and uh he's he's kind of all over the headlines right now for a local guy that's actually kind of neat yeah to see um the the national recognition, you know, of a guy from Otero County, New Mexico. Um, but that's the, the Cowboys for Trump. Um, Coy Griffin. Coy Griffin. Um, you know, and I, I, that's what I want to talk to him about is, you know, um, one one subject in politics right now is um, firearms. Yeah. And as it pertains to hunting – we need our firearms. And so that's something that I wanted to talk to him about and do a podcast about is not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of facets to it. And again, we don't want to get into politics here, but as it pertains to hunting, 
uh, you know, particularly because that's a stick that gets thrown around a lot in that debate. Absolutely. Um, so it'd be nice, and hopefully in 2020, um, I'll be able to tie him down and and get a podcast out of him. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. That'd be really good. So, um, I think we've got kind of a pretty good running list of of some guests that have either committed or that yep. we would we're working on getting committed for the podcast uh um without going into too much detail uh, i think we've got kind of a good diverse group of guests yep to talk about a wide variety of topics um all of which kind of have that intertwined common theme of 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 hunting and how it intersects with it but uh, for example, we're going to try and get somebody from New Mexico cow growers on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to kind of get that private land, um, private landowner perspective in uh-huh. there. Uh, well, it's just something that we're that we're big supporters of. Yeah. You know, we we're a little different um, than a lot of people in the hunting community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you don't say you know, right. Uh, in, you remember when we first started? Yeah, everybody's pissed off because we were giving away the secrets. <laughs> right, right. Still, yeah, yeah. Still I probably did, are. I, I did, know. and we I just don't listen to them. Yeah, because I don't care. It's it's not. We can't be selfish. We we have to change. We have to. Yeah. We can't just be selfish, and um, keep keep all of our secrets to ourselves. You know, there's 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 things that people need to go out and figure out for their own selves. Yeah. But, um. If we don't learn to share and be a little bit more giving as a community, uh, we're going to lose the privilege of hunting. So we need to increase our numbers, and the best way to increase our numbers is to be a little bit more giving. All right, off the soapbox. Right, right. Back to the topic. Um, But what I was saying is is we're a little different in, in regards to private landowners. You know, we do, we think that they are a, a, Vital part, vital part of absolutely. the hunting community. You know, there are things that, uh, you know, it, mainly this pertains to like rules and regs, like and how, um, you know, how the private land hunting is set up and stuff like that. But we're we're not proponents for taking away private land hunting. We do think that there are things that should be done different. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point to make um, at the beginning of the preview for 2020. Uh, is is that is that exactly we're, we're we had this discussion the other night? Uh, you and I did talking about yeah you know, we're a little bit different because we think that the private landowner does provide quite an asset to uh, the wildlife of New Mexico mm-hmm. via habitat via habitat work. Um, whether intentional or not, they do. Uh, there's kind of a big push out there amongst public landowners to exclude. I don't know if I could say exclude, but oftentimes private landowners are kind of looked at with disdain because, you know, he owns so many acres and I can't go hunt it. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. called private property. Um, and it, and it, it was what this kind of this country was founded on mm-hmm. was private citizen rights. That being said, we're, we're, we're in this conundrum of 
absolutely believe in and support the the public land doctrine that there needs to be um, places that everybody can enjoy. So it's it's a balance for us to sit here and talk about it and say that we're we definitely support private landowners, mm-hmm. but we don't support when the private landowners are keeping the public out when the public has a right to be there. Right. On the flip side, we are definitely proponents of public land, but I am a proponent of public land in that it is a multi-use land. Exactly. And no one group has a right to say that group doesn't have a, shouldn't be on here. And so, um, hunt hunter groups shouldn't, be weighed more heavily than a private landowner who grazes. Exactly. Conversely, a private landowner who grazes shouldn't take advantage of that public land so that it negatively affects other groups. Yeah. Um, the I saw an article in the, in the Santa Fe, New Mexican paper the other day talking about how trapping... Uh, needs to be banned on public land because it's bad for tourism. You don't get a right to say that. No, no. It's it's it's. It, it, yeah, I, exactly. I, should, I should say you have the right to say that. You're incorrect in your in your information and and thought process that 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 group should be banned in mm-hmm. pu- on public land because that is not what public land is about. Yeah. No. No. I, I think. So basically what we're proponents of is that all entities should be taken into account. Absolutely. And um, no no one entity should be put, in, put above the other. Right. And there has to be – we all have to have an equal place at the table, right? Uh, loggers, um, uh, mineral um, Com- companies. Yeah. Um, Hunters, recreational, recreational users. users. We all have a place at this table for public lands, and when it pertain, when it comes to private land, the most important thing is the wildlife. Okay, now what I mean by that is they own that land, and they are contributing greatly to wildlife habitat. Right, and they should be equally compensated for that, and. All we're saying is we can't just take that away for ourselves. They have some rights, and we have some rights, and neither one should be put above the other. Right. And we should work together for the common goal of proper conservation. Right. And that's what we stand for. Absolutely. Um, what we don't want to have happen is to private landowners to say, fine, to heck with you, get them off my property, put up a big fence, and then just call it quits. Right. Because that serves nobody. Nobody. You know, so so that's where that's where we stand, you know, and, and that is a little bit different than a lot of people. And there's some big organizations out there um, with some large voices that we are kind of competing against, um, you know, BHA, uh, New Mexico Wildlife Federation, these are some that we don't think take a proper view of private land use. Yeah, and I, and that's up to them. I mean, you want, you want to take that view, you take that view. But um, what we're going to end up doing 
is instead of standing together on something that should be stood together on, Mm -hmm. we're going to alienate each other and we're going to create an opening for, for improper conservation, improper conservation. And all, all at the cost of, uh, personal, all, all for a couple more tags. Yeah. You know, for a little bit, for a little bit higher percentage of draw it, it boils down to and, selfishness. And that, that is why I don't like it. If there was an actual scientific reason, then I would be on board. But yeah. there's not. It's it's all, like you said, it's for selfish pride and for for a little bit, a tiny better chance of drawing a tag. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. No. Uh, so that's our point of view. But we do have some... some uh, I think we've got uh, some good, good guests, guests to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And debate on that subject. We're we're not going to agree with everybody on their point of view, um, and 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 it'll be it'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um, like I said, we got uh, we're, we're hoping to get somebody on from the New Mexico Cattle Growers Association, also the New Mexico Council for Outfitters, Outfitters and Guides. guides. Um, you know, we they have a seat at the table as well, and uh, we'd like to hear their viewpoints. Yep. Um, whether we agree with them or not, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, um, where can I get some from somebody from the Mule Deer Foundation? Um, I'd like to get some some information on, uh, you know, mule deer number declines, um, which I'm not sure actually exist. Uh, and I think I, I think say, they do. I, I don't know I about say, in New Mexico. Well, here, here, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure, and that's what I want to find out. You know, I know that there's some hunting areas here near me that I can say, you know, without a doubt, a fact, there was a lot more deer there before than there are now. Whether they just moved or whether they've died out, I don't know. Um, it's also an area where CWD is known to exist. Yeah. So that, you know, maybe has something to do with it. You know, we'll hopefully get... Uh, well, I think it, I think it's so interesting because in in talking in talking about this stuff, passions run high, emotions run yeah. high because you know, again, everybody kind of wants their little piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's always I always kind of have to remind people about the fact that wildlife science is is a tough science. Because it's usually a reactive science. Yes. It's very difficult to get ahead of the curve on wildlife science because mm-hmm. it's affected by so many things that we don't have any control over. And there's so much that we're still learning. And there's so much that we're still learning so that we don't So much that know. we're still learning. Um, you know, every time we think that we know something, an animal does something just that's just out like you never thought that they would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, good example of that. While I was with the department, they put some collars on some bears up in the northern part of the state and we knew that bears generally had kind of a territory mm-hmm. that and, and a certain area that they would stay in one of the bears that they put a collar on was and, and i'm paraphrasing kind of some of the information this is this is all public information so you can get the details of it if you ipra the game and fish but um one of the bears that they collared was a female and she never left like four square miles 
mm-hmm. in two years. The one of the boars that they collared went from northern New Mexico, traveled on the east side of I-25 in Colorado. And if you've ever been up through I-25 towards Denver, Pueblo, Denver on, in Colorado, it's it's plains out there. It's just straight, mm-hmm. flat. He traveled on the east side of the interstate all the way up to Castle Rock, Colorado, just south of Denver. Messed around there a little bit, came back down and denned near Canyon City, Colorado. Came out of the den in the spring the next year, messed around at Canyon City, and then continued and came all the way back and came back to within like a mile of where he was collared within a two-year period. Yeah. There are GPS trackers that they put on lions or, or cougars, whatever you want to call them, mountain lions, cougars. They had one that they collared, I think, in um, in here in New Mexico, ended up in California. Yep. You know, there's so much that we're learning with wildlife science. There's so much that is reactive. Yep. You're at least a year or two behind on all of your data. Yep. Um, there's so much that's dependent on weather, on populations, you know, um, it's not, I guess, probably not terribly well known, but drought is extremely hard on pronghorn populations. Mm-hmm. You in a hard drought, those does will drop those fawns like that at the first sign of any malnutrition, and of course, then they get, they die, starve, or, or uh, predators get them, or whatever it is. You have a good, good moisture year. You're going to have a good fawn crop mm-hmm. and a good recruitment. Um, and that particular species is very different from mule deer, is very different from elk, is very different from whatever else it yeah. is. And so yeah. it's there, there's just so many inconsistencies, and so it's such a hard science. And we think, you know, we as the public tend to say, well, why don't, you know, speaking of the game and fish, the, the wildlife professionals who make the management decisions here in the state. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do yep. We don't understand the big picture. We don't understand the intricacies that yeah. they're dealing with. And and all of that boils down to, uh, well, and, and included in all of that, we also have to keep the public happy. Yeah. Which is is a very hard thing to do. Well, and that, uh, and that's, the, that's the tightrope that they're walking yeah. in that, you know, on the face, you should, you know, everybody says, oh, these decisions should be made based on science alone. There's always social and economic pressures mm-hmm. that have political a play, pressures, political pressures that have a play stuff, in yeah. it, period. Yeah. Um, there's no other way around it. One 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 thing that I'm looking forward to, um, I don't know I'm looking forward to it, but I'm interested in to see is we're probably going to have to be re- reactionary on it, is the ban on coyote calling contests. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot imagine that that's not going to have an effect one way or another on wildlife populations. And we're going to have to react to that one way or another somehow. Um, so I am interested to see how that plays out I'm actually this m- year. I'm actually more interested. Uh, so the coyote calling contest ban is meh. I, d- I don't know that it's going to have a major impact on 
how wildlife management is done in New Mexico simply because those people are still going out and killing coyotes. It didn't mm-hmm. make killing coyotes illegal. No. It made having contest and giving out prizes for killing coyotes illegal. Correct. Uh, and so those are those those contests are going to continue to happen. They're going to be changed and renamed to best photo contest. Right. Or wh- whatever it is. Uh, it, it's stupid. Yeah. But what I'm more interested in is with with the new governor, with the new um, administration that's in, and I pretty much knew this would happen when it, whenever they got elected, whenever our governor got elected, I figured within about six months, six six to eight months, we would be back in the wolf program, wolf reintroduction yeah. of the Mexican gray wolf down in the southwestern part of the state that is going to have a much greater impact on wildlife livestock um socioeconomic uh issues Mm -hmm. etc than the coyote calling contest and ever will and and to add on to that um our neighbors neighbors, to the north um are are looking into their own deal and put it on the ballot they put it on as a voting initiative yeah and um, ballot, ballot ballot box conservation, yeah. or as you called it, California, California conservation. conservation. Yeah. Um, so if that passes and they start introducing wolves up there, you know, how is that going to affect? Because they're going to spread New Mexico. They will. That's exactly what happened. Um, it happened with the release in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. You know, they they've spread spread greatly. Um, you know, so there's also that, uh, and that'll affect. Um, and, and you know who's to say that I, I, I can't sit here. I'm not a scientist. I don't I don't do those studies, so I don't know how it's going to affect. But I'm interested to see what the effect's going to be and what the reaction is going to be. So yeah, to those. Say, sitting so, here and saying I'm not a scientist, I don't know what the effect will be, um, is a valid point. However, you would be naive to think that there is not going to be some sort of effect, positive, well, negative. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it is. I'm, those I are no going to, predators. Yeah. I know it's going to affect, and they are going to have an effect um, on the wildlife population. Period. One one thing that I know, uh, you know, just just from being a, a you know from trying to educate myself and reading up and studying on on you know a lot of the different things that have happened nationwide and here in New Mexico is that there are a lot of unintended consequences to the decisions that are made um, in conservation. And, and not just in conservation. No, it's, in it's one in, of those in everything. But that's what frustrates me so much about. Here we go talking about politics again. Right. But that's what frustrates me so much about politics and and the part that it plays within conservation with within wildlife management because most times the decisions that are made and the policies that are implemented have not been fully thought out. No, have not had. The time to again, it's reactionary. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody says, "Let's take for example, um, <laughs> the change in the pronghorn system." Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I mean that's a perfect example. Nobody thought about the trespass issues that would come about because of. The change in that system. Everybody thought, "Oh, it'll be just fine. It'll be just like the deer system." It's not just. It's like not the just deer. like the deer system. It's in a different. And area. people have been doing it this way mm-hmm. for 
the last eight years, change is hard. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, if they're not doing it purposely, they're going to do it on accident. And we're making you know criminals out of honest citizens. Yeah. For the the element out there that knows what they're doing, they're going to use it as a loophole to say, oh, I didn't know. And so, again, it's there are there are so many decisions that are made in the legislature mm-hmm. and it, it's a way to pacify a portion of their constituency but most of it is not well thought out here's a, and most of it they have no idea of the consequences here here's an interesting unintended unintended consequence that may arise with the new antelope system the state land um, topic. So we know about the state land being taken away uh, down there in the Bosque, um, where the state just decided, you know, there's no more waterfowl hunting in mm-hmm. here. Um, which yeah, we've we've talked about it. You know, we backed BHA fully in in their decision to call out the state for doing that. And rightfully so, because not not this, not the state, the state land commissioner. Yes, the state land commissioner. Yeah. Um, elected so position. There's elected position. So very come, important when, to think about that. When it comes back that, around, Miss Stephanie Richards Garcia, whatever her name is, uh-huh. um, might need a reminding of by the public who she serves. Yes. So there's a fight brewing over state land here in New Mexico. There is. If the lease disappears. <laughs> so this is an interesting topic. If, yeah, but think about this for a second. No, no, I've already thought I, I about know. it. Because if it the almost lease happened, disappears it almost on state land, yeah. right? If that goes away, and I know that there's a lot of intricacies in this, but just if the lease goes away on state land, that means we cannot legally hunt on state land. That's correct. Where are you going to hunt an antelope in the northeast corner? You're not. not. And because of the new draw system, we do not have the ability to hunt on private land. Yep. So think about that as an unintended consequence. So this, for just a this, second. this, that, uh, like I said, the best this antelope hunting almost, in the state, northeast corner. This almost happened mm-hmm. back when Aubrey Dunn was land commissioner mm-hmm. because he said if you want to hunt state lands it's going to be a million dollars when previous to that we'd been paying 200,000 200,000 in the lease every year yep i was actually in favor of telling them to tell them to go pound sand yeah because the backlash from that would have been epic and will be if it happens and i think the backlash from that was heard loud and clear he's he is out. Yeah. So I But um I think it would have been better Yes, if we'd have told him to go if pound sand. If we'd have told if if the game commission would have told him go pound sand, we're not paying you a million dollars a year for the lease. Mm-hmm. Um That being said, I think it's a gr- gr- we're kind of digressing, but I think it's <laughs> a good digression. Yeah. That being said, I think it's a good opportunity for a conversation to arise about what's actually paid for in the state lease. Yes. Like you and I talked about, uh, especially with the, with the pronghorn system gone to the way it is, 
we should not be paying for landlocked pieces of state. No, we should not. And and that's and you know and that's that was kind of my point in bringing that up is that's an unintended consequence because that lease is is it's not guaranteed every year. Um, you know they sign that lease when that lease expires. If we can't sign it again, and now with the new pronghorn system, that effectively if that state land lease is not renewed, or if the state just well, decides to say it's not just say, pronghorn though it, in the northeast corner. It's You're right. Horn, it's deer. It's elk. Yeah, because this ninety percent of that place up there is state land. land. There's some forest up there, but not much. Not the vast majority of it's state land. Yes, and there, and there's forest in the Vivadal, which is a once in a lifetime. Lifetime. There's mm-hmm. some state game commission lands up there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, if you take it from Eagle Nest to the Texas Oklahoma state line, and from uh, Basically, I forty mm-hmm. north to Colorado. I twenty five. Let's let's just go I twenty five. Yeah, I twenty five. I twenty five. That northeast that corner. northeast corner. It's private or state. Ninety percent of the accessible land that we can hunt on as public hunters is leased by the state for state lands. Yes, exactly. And that would go. It would go away. And that's the vast majority of your antelope hunting community. Now, you think it's hard to draw a tag right now? Cut off a quarter of the state. Because you won't be able to – sure, you might be able to draw a tag, but you're not going to be able to hunt because nope. everything's going to be private. Yeah. And, you know, with the way the hunting community is treating private land community right now, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> you know, right. You're, you're biting your nose to spite your face. Yep. It's, it's just – wow. You know, but the unintended consequences, you know, you got to think about those mm-hmm. things. And if we don't get a smart um, – Land commissioner, state land commissioner that knows what the people want back in there at this next election, then who's to say if we're going to be hunting antelope in the northeast corner again? And that or would anything be, that would be again antelope, huge. deer, elk, anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I I keep saying antelope because predominantly up there, what what is up there is your that's where your trophy antelope are. I know that, you know, but. but all the hunting up there. I've, I've taken all the deer pub- up there. All the public hunting up there is on state land. Uh, yeah. There's the Kiowa National Grasslands, which is Forest Service. That mm-hmm. will be there. But guess what's going to happen? That's going to get overrun. Yeah. Yeah. Hunting hunting antelope in that area and deer and elk and all of that stuff will be effectively out to put. Yeah. Um, it's kaput. Now, this, this kind of leads into another. And since we're already down this rabbit hole, I'm right. going to go down a little bit further. Just because I can, mm-hmm. but this so this is a discussion that was being had probably a year or two ago. There was a big push about transferring federal lands to state. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? I do. You remember that? And I was vehemently against it for this specific reason. Yep. Because the state lands are controlled by one person. Yep. And sh- that's what she did. She said unequivocally, I have the power. Even though you signed a lease for this, you can no longer yeah. use it. And when we talk about federal lands, BLM Forest Service, true public lands, they are multi use lands. Sure, it is difficult to actually get a lot of things done because it has to go through so mm-hmm. many hoops and go through so much of the process to get it done. But guess what? That's a blessing in disguise because they can't do that. Yeah. Although we do have the head of the BLM right now is 
He's a slippery dude. Well, that happens in politics. Yeah. Um, uh, I struggled with that whole scenario. That's one of those things we talked about our our last podcast. We were talking about the Constitution and, and, and stuff like that and how we cling to we cling to certain amendments, but then other amendments we, you know, according to the Constitution, the, the federal government shouldn't have that much control over land. But here we are kind of saying, yeah, well, we prefer them. And I, and I agree. Yeah. I would prefer them to, to – but, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I pointed that out. In the oh, last the complexities yes. of life. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Now, I am all for – the states taking control of the land if it is done in a manner that does not allow them to hamper the process in the way it should be ran. Yeah. But good luck figuring that out. Yeah. Um, easier, way right. easier said than yeah, that. Yeah. So, but again, yeah, that, you know, that's some of the stuff that we got coming up um, this year. And granted, we, we bit off a pretty pretty big chunk right there of it. But um, we're that's that's what we like to talk about here. That's what we like to talk about on the podcast. It's interesting. It's interesting to, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, I think these are conversations that hunters should be having. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if you don't think that those decisions are being made, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. And if you if you are not talking about this mm-hmm. and and reading up on facts not opinions facts and forming your opinion based on those facts you're you're going to be blindsided when something comes along like this and um thinking well where the heck have i been right it, yeah I'm thinking i wish i would have I would have wish I would have voiced my opinion just a little bit louder when this yeah. issue first came up, but yep. I sat back and didn't do much. You know, yep. I know that we screamed at the top of our lungs about the antelope rule, and we did not like it. Um, not because of that reason. I hadn't thought about that one. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it and going, "Damn!" Um, but no, we, you know, uh, you know, we're as it pertains to what we got coming up this year. Um, you know, that's a subject that I'm sure will be get get thoroughly covered. Um, we're hoping to get somebody from the game commission. Yep. Uh, we've got a local person that we're we're working on getting on here. That's kind of a, a hopeful one. Um, uh, Mule Deer Foundation. I I, I believe you mentioned, talking, that yeah, I mentioned that one. Yep. Um, that's I think that's kind of what got us into the state lands talk. I think so. Um, so start us down the rabbit hole. Right. We've got. Um, I've got a taxidermist uh, meat processor that um, he's just so busy. It's it's that time of year, so we're hoping that once the hunting season is over, you know, get it, get through January, and then um, get him on. I'm really interested in that one because um, I've never had anything mounted. Um, you mean you're uh, talking uh, shoulder mount, shoulder mount, shoulder mount, or anything like that? So it, it's going to be pretty cool to talk to him about, you know. What's needed and what what uh, what, that what we need like. to do out in the field so he can better so he can give us a better product yeah better end product so that'll be pretty cool also uh, you know he he does both the taxidermy and the processing. meat processing so um, 
it'd be pretty cool to talk to him about field care and the different kind of things that he sees. You know, I, I've talked to him a lot about it already, but it'll be interesting to get it on a podcast. He was thoroughly amazed when I told him my deer come from uh, the sand dunes because he was like, there's not a lick of sand on this thing. <laughs> so, uh, so that kind of made me happy, you know, to, to bring something in clean to him. But, um, so that'll be a good podcast. Um, you've got a long range shooter. Yes. Friend. I've actually got a couple and, yeah. and I'd like to, I'd, there's, there's one I'd like to talk about who, uh, talk to who, does long range, but he also builds uh-huh. guns. Nice. And then the other one I like to talk to because he does long range, kind of just for fun, but he does a lot of of reloading. Oh, nice. And, and so does so does the first one. He does, you know does all his own reloading. So it should be a, a pretty interesting podcast on both ends. If I could, yeah, I know one of them will come on. The other uh, one I'm, I'm not too sure about. I'm pretty interested in the long range one, um, simply because I don't like it. And not not, not that, that I'm against not it. that you don't like no, the not long that range shooting. shooting. You don't yeah, like the like long, long range, range hunting. hunting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly because uh, and I'm and I'm differentiating there. Yes, but but yeah, you know, I've 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 done it. You know, I took my. Although I'm starting to question that distance, because, <laughs> so, what I remember. Is, uh, I took my deer at 480 yards, and I didn't range him. Deed on range. Deed on range him. I can and we barely, all know Dion and Rangers. I could barely, I could barely see that deer. I mean, I could see the deer out there, and I could, I could kind of tell that he was a buck, but he's a long ways out there, right? And it, I, I find this greatly interesting because this year, when we were on Maggie's hunt, you kept telling me, "Oh, that's three hundred yards, or they're four hundred yards, or five. But I could see them so clearly, and I was like, "Wait a minute, now what is?" They just didn't seem like they were as far away as that deer that I took. These four hundred. Well, you yards. also have to take, and and this will be again something really interesting to talk about with our long range shooters because you also have to take into account your conditions. Yeah. Oftentimes, um, if there's humidity in the air, it heat looks versus cold. Heat all versus of that. Cold. Stuff. All yeah, that, all and, that and that's stuff. exactly yeah, why. Really that's exactly why I'm interested in it. Yeah, yeah. because. Um, it's not a style of hunting that I particularly enjoy. Um, some of that, some of those ethics that we talk about, um, come into question, come into at least question for you. There. Well, not, it is, it's just for eth- you ethics, because ethics are, it's relative. It is, you know? Um, and so there, there you are. I mean, it, and, and I, I've, I've, I don't dispute that. Yeah. Um, you know, I do have an ethical question. I'm a, that's what I'll call it—a question on long-range shooting for animals. Right. But I'm also willing to shoot a stick with a sharp point at them. So I, I fully am aware. You, you of fully real, the realize hypocrisy the hypocrisy there. In it. I, I granted, ethics are relative, so I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. For sure. Um, we had a hunter's ed instructor on, um, Matt Flott, uh, and that was a, a very um, 
I'd like to do that again with yeah. with somebody. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about a couple I, I of different people, but I think it's valuable to have that resource on. Yeah. And, and that might become maybe like a once a year podcast yeah. with, with, for Hunter's Ed, because it, it does change. Um, you know, there's, there's new things that come out. There's new, um, material, there's, uh, new options mm-hmm. that come out kind of, um, not necessarily on a yearly basis, but on a semi, semi-regular basis. So mm-hmm. I think it's valuable to, to have that resource on. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course we're, we're hoping for some return trips. Um, you know, we had some people on, uh, last year that we're hoping to get back, you know, we'd really like to get Harvest Trail, um, Back Follow on. up with them. Um, we really enjoyed that one. Um, Carrie Maurer. Yep. Um, so much knowledge there that we could do 10 podcasts and I can't, never, I can't never ima- begin to tap uh, it. Yeah. I can't imagine we're not going to do another trapping one with Ty. Yeah. Yeah. Or with the uh, with the Trappers Association, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine that we're probably going to do a couple with Ty. Yeah. Um, some concerning trapping and then and – then, Elsewise, um, elsewise, you know, New Mexico Department of, of Game and Fish topics and stuff like that. Maybe, yep. maybe get Bobby back on as well. Yep. Um, that would be maybe get them both on at the same I know, time. That'd be pretty cool. I know for certain we've got one coming up with Ty that that we I'd, I'd like to get done sooner than later. Um, we planned it for last year, but we never got we never got to it. Yes. The. Uh, the North American, model, North American of model of Conservation. Um, yeah, because that's that's going to be a good podcast. Yeah, that's going to be a fun podcast because there, there's some misconceptions. There are a lot of misconceptions, and you see it a lot. People are always that's their go. That's their go to. Go to. That's their go to yeah. thing. And there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that's not fully aware of everything that's in the North American model of or conservation, what it, or what it actually exactly. is. Exactly, and just like any document or doctrine it has its own hypocrisies um and or limitations and yeah and and so that's going to be i'm really looking forward to that one yeah mostly so the vast majority of these podcasts one of the things that i like the best about them and it's why we started this not a grande outdoor podcast to begin with is education yeah you know a lot of these topics that we choose aren't because we know everything about the topic it's because we want to know more yeah. about the topic and that's why we do them yeah. um you know we do we do, like the long range one that's a perfect example it's it's something that we don't do um but learning more about it and it is key to you know our education and and our wealth of knowledge in hunting mm-hmm. that's and that's what we want to do so so that's a big reason that we do a lot of the podcasts. You know, another another example of that was was with uh, Zephyr CrossFit. Yeah, last year. <laughs> you know, uh, that's not our wheelhouse. No, but man, that was an interesting podcast for yeah. us because it taught us a lot. I I think that's a good point. Is is you know we're talking about some of the things that we we have planned for coming up, but um, not by any means a comprehensive list because I think it would be great to have. Guests from disciplines that we are not uh, familiar with, like yep. you know, some bird hunters, some waterfowl hunters. Right, I think that right. would be great too. Uh, absolutely, um, 
So if you know of anybody who who would be great for that, yeah. let us know. We yeah. would love to have them on. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, we, we, you know, we're just looking for good, knowledgeable, factual information um, as from somebody who has lots of experience yeah. as it pertains to New Mexico. Yep. So, biggest thing that we got coming up for, looking forward to in 2020 is hunt it forward. Hunt it forward. That is. That is not a grande's number one. That's um, that's what we love to do. That's so, and hunt it forward this year is going to kind of make a left turn. Uh, left turn or, or just left turn, right turn. I don't care which I don't direction. Know if it's a left turn. It's just we're we're gonna we're gonna transition into a more a more. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I don't think it's a left turn because a left turn implies that we're totally going off course. Yeah. Well, we kind of are. We kind of are. Not we're, terribly. We're, we're still on the same course. Yeah. But what we're going to do is we're going to change up the process. Yes. Um, so so I, I would say we're more changing cars than right. making a left so, turn. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it in reverse a little bit. We're going to back up. Yes. Change cars. And then take off again. Yes. How's that? That's how to work perfect. <laughs> no left turns. We're still we're still headed in the right direction. All right. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to get out of the Chevy, jump into a Ford, and keep going. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> I got both. <laughs> uh, you know, I got, we got to have some controversy. I know here, that's though. true. That's true. Um, no, so. We did hunt it forward last year. We had Emily and Adrian, and we had a blast. And we did hunt it forward this year. Last year, <laughs> two years ago, we did an Emily and Adrian. Twenty eighteen, Emily and Adrian. Twenty nineteen, Ryan and Shay. Ryan and Shay. And I think we feel like we kind of left Emily and Adrian out in the dark. Um, and, and I th- uh, not left them out in the dark, but I think what we feel like is we should have. We can do. We can do more. things better. We can better. do more. Yeah, we can do. More. And so, so this year, rather than taking on two new participants, we are going to corral Ryan and Shay, and and Emily and Adrian, and Emily and Adrian. Uh, hopefully, they're all willing, and and um, do that follow up. Do that follow up. Yeah. And in the process, we're going to put on. A hunter's education camp. That's the intention. The intention. Again, all things subject to change. Life gets in the way. Um, to select next year's Hunt It Forward participants. Yes. So, So yeah, hopefully um, that's kind of the plan is to we're, we're 2018, 2019 – felt like we crammed a lot because we had them stacked two in 2018 two in 2019 we didn't feel like we did enough for the follow-up of the 2018 participants and so in order to accommodate that we're gonna stretch our timeline out so that 2020 we're gonna follow up with our 2019 participants yep do some sort of event that help uh, will help us to identify new participants, but we won't actually do much with them until 2021. Correct. In which we spend the entire year with them, 
do the follow-up in 2022, do another event to try and identify some new participants, basically just stretching that timeline out so that they, we feel like they're getting the follow-up that they need or, or more accurately the follow-through that they need to continue to be active participants in the hunting community. Exactly, exactly. And uh, <coughs> so we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a pretty good, pretty good hunt it forward year, I think. Um, so I guess I think I, it's a good new plan. Yeah, I think it's going. To, yeah, it's it's going to fill some of the gaps that we've had a hard time filling so yeah. far. And and so I've, I really that's going to begin the call for hunt it forward applicants. Yeah. Um, we need we need hunted forward applicants. Now, granted, you you won't start hunting until you know we won't be hunting with you till twenty twenty one. But there will be you know things that you you know need to go ahead and prep for. So, uh, if there's anybody out there that's listening that has never hunted before, hasn't hunted in the past ten or so years, um, between. 21, 42. 21 and 40-ish. Yeah. 45. 21's going to be a requirement. We're going to require you to be 21. Yeah. Um, the upper end. We're is, flexible. Is, we're flexible. The reason that we're sticklers for 21 um, is. Legal reasons. Legal reasons. Yeah. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. So, um, but. You know, so if you are somebody or you know somebody that fits those requirements, um, go ahead and start getting in contact with us so we can start setting plans for for our Hunt It Forward camp. Absolutely. Um, and then we'll get with our previous participants yep. and um, start making those plans. Like I said, all subject to change, but that's kind of the plan going yep. forward. Uh, also very important more camping this year more camping we're going to do some more camping so we've predominantly focused on hunting um we've done some camping podcasts me and dana have done some backpacking podcasts but we've predominantly focused on hunting and hunting rules and regulations and drawing and all of that stuff and hopefully this year we can kind of branch out uh we've never done anything on fishing I, I, still love have, I still have a fishing trip in, to Oklahoma that we need to take. We we do, and and we can just squeeze that right in between the seventeen other the things that we got <laughs> to get done. <laughs> um, yeah, but we want to get a little bit more diverse. Yeah. Um, you know, like like I said, we get some bird hunting and some uh, fishing and and stuff like that, and um, we focus heavy on the draw, drawing hawns. Well, that's kind of where, where like it all that. started, yeah. you know, the education yeah. of stuff. But yeah. it never, like like we were talking about, um, there's disciplines within hunting that we're not uh, very familiar with that we'd like to, again, just get information out there on yeah. fishing, same way. Uh, we talked about, we talk about trapping about every year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just just looking to diversify and just, just get the information flowing in this hunting community. Yep. Um, yep, the, yep. The technology's there. The it, we just need to be willing to to reach out and, and have somebody come with us, right? So, so before we get to lagging too much, we're gonna sign off. But we're looking forward to a good year. Should be a really good year. Yeah, looking forward. Should to be a lot a of lot. fun. So, um, got some great things coming. Great podcasts. 
Um, and I'm lagging. No. You're lagging. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had something else I was going to say. But I, I was trying to remember what it was. Um, I think just basically that that twenty twenty is looking like a great year. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I've, I've got, I've got, we've got some plans. You know, we're going to kind of tighten up our processes, uh, try and make sure that our podcasts get released every Tuesday uh, instead of just skipping around, missing here and there and stuff. <laughs> oh, that, that's what I was going to. That's what I was going to talk about. Is just you know putting more content, good quality content. Out yeah, there. yeah. Um, Get some more people involved. That's another. So if thing. anybody want to, wants to intern for us, right? We can't really pay you? Yeah, but. we can't pay you anything. Um, that's not a bad idea. It's have not some a bad not idea. a grande outdoors contributors. That'd Just be pretty cool. Have some contributors, right? Um, I think we've got one, but I owe him a hat. Oh yeah, so he's probably going to be contributing some recipes. Oh nice. Remember, we made that deal. I don't remember. Starson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've we, and that's something that we did touch on. You know, that was something that we were going to follow up on. Uh, we didn't get to it last year, and hopefully, we'll get to it this year. It, you know, we were going to do some recipes and do some cooking shows. Yeah, um, and I think that, that would be really cool. That's something that we can get the girls involved in. Yes, um, and I think that they would enjoy. So, looking forward to that. Um, we got hats coming this year. Yes, um, some new hats. Um, it's just two minutes shows. Sure. So we're doing what we can. Yeah, we do what we can. We do as much as we can. But yeah, we got to get some more. We got to get some more content out there on Facebook, on Instagram. Get our podcast a little bit more. I'd like to get some more videos too put up on YouTube. Yep. Um, but man, time I'm working is, working on that. Time is tough. We got a bunch of stuff that we got to finish up from last year that we still. Haven't I know. Done. So, uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun year. Thanks to everybody that joins participates thanks for sharing us contributes uh you guys are awesome appreciate the support and uh yeah keep sharing us with your buddies yep all right man adios adios guys thanks for joining see ya thanks for joining not a grande outdoors podcast come follow us on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.